0: I just want to talk to you for a few moments today on the subject simply words create worlds. Words create worlds. Words are so powerful. They, they have the power to inspire, to encourage, to appreciate, to heal, to turn the impossible into the possible. And throughout history, words have transformed societies, people, and relationships. Words have inspired us to put a man on the moon, uh, to see some advancement in racial equality, Uh, Words have have helped us heal after our greatest tragedies. And what I'm declaring to somebody in this house uh, words can make a difference in your day, words can make a difference in your family, and words can make a difference in your life. Uh And so I'm going to help somebody today. Somebody's going to leave here better today. Somebody's life is going to be changed today because words, you're going to begin speaking the right words and they're going to make a difference. And this is why I praise God. This is why I magnify God, because faith-filled words help pull me through and fear-filled words will defeat me. And so words are absolutely some of the most powerful things in the universe. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now I want you to think about that. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 2. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. And so the words that you speak on a daily basis to yourself, to your spouse, to your family, to your friends, your words create the world in which you're living. And I want to ask you the question, what Kind of world are your words creating? I read a study not long ago that said generally speaking, optimistic people who speak positive words, watch this close, are happier, healthier. And wealthier than those who do not speak those kind of words. So I want to ask you, what words are you speaking to yourself? Uh, How are you leading yourself? Uh, How are you leading your family? Managing myself. is more important than anything else that I manage. Because if I don't manage myself well, I can't manage anything else or anybody else well. So leading myself can become my greatest problem. And somebody may say, well, I'm alone. You don't understand. I'm, I'm alone. I don't have a family. But I challenge those words in your very mouth and mind right now because I declare you are not alone. I declare Jesus Christ is with you. I'm preaching to somebody today. Quit saying I'm alone. Quit saying I don't have anybody. But say I have Jesus. Uh, I have the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I have everything that I need. The scripture says in Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words uh, stir up anger i was many years ago our boy who is now 48 years old was just a newborn and we were we lived in a little house next door to the church that my dad pastored and i was the assistant pastor and wasn't much of a house and and paula had put uh jonathan to bed and I had stayed up late reading and I was sitting on our uh, little couch that had three bricks and one leg. Uh, anybody else ever had a couch like that? <laughs> Some of you feel me. Some of you have been there. All right. And so Paula had gone to bed. I sat up late reading and this book was inspiring me. This book was motivating me. And, and the man said... This is the way that I get up in the morning. He said, I set my alarm for early the next morning. And then when the alarm goes off, uh, he said, I reach over and slap the alarm. I throw back the covers. I leap out of bed. I throw both hands in the air and I scream at the top of my lungs. I believe. And he said, I holler that three times. And he said, I'm saying, I believe in God. I believe God is with me. And I believe God has me. And I believe God has this day. And I believe this is going to be a great day. And I said, Whoop! I said, Whoop! I'm going to do that. And I put the book up. I went to bed. And I set the alarm. And I made one major mistake. I forgot to tell Paula. <laughs> the alarm went off early the next morning. And folks, I remembered. I remembered. I, I reached over and slapped the alarm. I threw back the cover. I leaped out of bed. And I screamed at the top of my lungs as I threw my hands in the air. I believe. And ju- I just got ah. Of the second I believe out, when two more feet hit the floor, a little hand grabbed my arm, not tenderly. And she looked at me through those flashing brown eyes, and she said, I don't know what you believe, but I know if you don't shut up, you're going to wake our newborn up. And I looked down at her and I decided that uh, I didn't want to live in the world that my words were creating right then at that time. (laughs) Now, God set the tone and gave us the example of the creative power of words. I'm talking to you today about the creative power of words in your life, the creative power of words in your family, the creative power of words in your career, in everything you do. And in the very beginning, God gave us the example and he set the tone, Genesis 1 and 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 6 and God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree. Verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the days from the nights. And let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. Look at verse 24. And everybody say, and God said. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and the creeping thing and the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. God said, and it was so. And then the New Testament reaffirms it again in Hebrews chapter 11 and 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I'm declaring to somebody, your words are creating your world in which you're living. Words are creative, and words create worlds. And I want you to ask yourself the question, what kind of world are my words creating? It's time to get rid of the negativity. It's time to to get rid of the haters in your life. It's time to quit listening to negative friends. Negative, fear-filled friends don't have a place in your life. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's time to begin to trust in God. It's time to raise your hands and say, I believe, I believe that God is with me. I believe that God is fighting me for me. I believe that God has me and God has this. Uh, words uh, create worlds. Uh, David knew the power of words and he refused to let his words and thought create a negative world for him in psalm 19 and 14 he said let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O lord my strength and my redeemer jesus said in matthew chapter 12 and verse 37 for by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned Somebody is catching the vision. Somebody is, is rising up in faith uh, even while I'm preaching. Somebody is saying, The light is coming on in my brain. It's time to quit living in a negative, uh, fear filled, darkened world. Uh, and it's time to quit spe- to start speaking to myself faith filled, positive words. Uh, it's time to believe that God is is going to do something for me, that God is going to do something for my family, that God is going to supply and answer every need that I have. Psychologists tell us that we have two main memory files in our brain. There's a failure file that catalogs every failure in our life. All the times we've not made it, all the times we failed to measure up, all the times we've let ourselves or someone else down. But there's also a success file in our brain. And it files all the successes of our life. And they say this: your outlook on life and the life you will wind up living is dependent on which file cabinet you go back to the most now I remember learning to ride a bicycle We were in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was a little boy, and my mother, my dad was at work. He was starting a home mission church, and he sold shoes downtown Albuquerque, and he was at work, and my mother was out in the front yard holding the back of the bicycle while I was trying to learn how to ride it, and I was talking to my mother. And she was talking back to me. And then I asked her a question, and there was no answer. And I asked her again, and there was no answer. And I turned around to look, and my mother was way back there. And about that time, I crashed into a tree. But you know what? I don't access that file very often. That was, that's in the failure file, but it's also in the success file because even though I crashed into a tree, I learned at that time how to ride a bicycle and I can get on the bicycle now and ride around the lake with my grandkids. And so which file are you accessing? I'll never forget. Paula, I think had forgotten to buy something at the store. And she was baking something. And things were not going quite right. And she threw up her hands when she realized she had forgotten something at the store. And she said, oh, I quit. And Jeremy was about seven years old. And he was was playing there in, in the little den. And he said, mother, mother. She said, What do you want, Jeremy? And he said, Mother, remember, fosters never quit. And when I came home that day and she told me the story, I said, yes, our words, our teaching, our training is getting through. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's time to start speaking positivity. It's start time to start speaking faith. It's time to start speaking God over your family. My kids are going to make it. My kids are going to do great things. My kids are going to be successful. My kids are going to live for God. Well, they're not right now. That's okay. God's going to reach my kids uh, wherever they are. I believe today. Words create worlds. I remember, well, let me just say this Proverbs chapter 24 or 16, verse 24. Pleasant words. Are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. I got a phone call in November 2004, and the doctor said, uh, "Mark said, can you meet me at my office? And can you just park in the back? Come in the back door. We'll have it unlocked, and somebody will take you to my office." I said, sure, Brad, I'll, I'll see you there in just a little while. I called Paula. She was across town and told her, I said, babe, just keep doing what you're doing. Brad wants me to meet him at the office. And she said, oh, no, not on your life. She said, I'm coming. I'll be there with you. So we met at the office and we walked in and uh, nurse medicine led us back to, the, uh, to Brad's office. And then Brad walked in and he sat down and he said, uh, well, he said, uh, the news is not good. He said, the news says, Mark, that you have cancer. And he said, you know, we, can, we talked about it. We can attack it several ways. We can do this and we can do that. And Paul and I's world just got upset and overturned in just, in just a few moments' time. And so four days later, wanting to keep my priorities right and wanting to keep my priorities straight, uh, I was in the Mississippi woods putting up deer stands. I love to hunt deer and I love to hunt big deer. And so, uh, I was putting up deer stands and we were, we, we, we were cutting shooting lanes and we were doing some things. And I was getting up into a stand to, to tell another pastor how to cut a shooting lane there and what needed cutting. And some way I fell. And I pitched over backwards and I knew, I was, Mark, you're going to break your neck if you don't do something. So I shoved off with my feet, got my feet under me. It seemed to take forever. It was 14, I was 14 feet up, but it seemed to take forever. And I put my hands out. I planned and I prayed, God help me. I planned in my mind, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to hit on my feet. I'll roll over on my back and flip back up on my feet. I'd done that before. But I'd done that when I was younger. I was 53 years old at the time. And uh, so when I hit, when I landed on my feet, I did not land gracefully. And I drove my ankle, my right ankle through my heel and I crushed my heel and, uh, and I, I laid on the ground. I was writhing and grunting and groaning. And they thought I was having a heart attack. They said, Mark's having a heart attack. And they come running over. No, guys, I've messed myself up here. So anyway, anyway, they had to put the cancer treatment off till I had the surgery on my heel, got back on my feet, which took 90 days after surgery to actually put weight on that on that foot again. And uh, so so during that time, our bedrooms were upstairs, and I... I was up there, couldn't, couldn't go downstairs. So I was up there and Paula was bringing everything up and she was doing everything and serving me. And what I didn't know was that she was in great pain that had developed during that time. And in trying to go down the steps every time she had to sit down and just scoot down those steps. And, uh, I noticed then when I got back on my feet that something was wrong. And I said, what is it? She said, babe, I've got terrible pain in my body. I don't know what's going on. And so we went to a doctor and he sent us to Shreveport to a rheumatologist. And, and that rheumatologist ran every kind of test. And then that, he came out and he said, well, all the tests have come back and you have rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, I, I immediately, uh, it, it, it hit me like, like a knife in, in, in the heart. Uh, I, I remembered a lady, Jan, you'll, you'll remember that the, in, in the church your dad pastored when we were growing up and and, and a lady uh, had three boys, I think it was, and she would come to church, but she wasn't an old lady, but, but her hands were twisted and her feet were twisted and she'd wear house shoes and she had rheumatoid arthritis. And then Paula ha- had a friend that she grew up with uh, that, that was a little bit younger than her that already at that age, her hands were twisted from rheumatoid and and fear gripped me. But we begin to pray and we begin to believe God. And we, we said, we're not going to receive this. They said, there is no cure. They said, what we hope is the medicine will arrest it and stop it and it won't go any further. And so we prayed, God, there's got to be a cure. There's got, we're believing you and you are the cure. We believe that you're the healer. You're the a great physician, and you're in charge of all physicians, and you're going to do it. And that was our prayer every day. In the name of Jesus, Paula is healed. Amen. And I came in one day, and uh, she'd been on the medicine maybe maybe three years at the time. I can't remember. Uh, I don't I don't know how long it was, but she'd been on on the medicine for for a few years. And I came in one day, and she said, Mark. I'm quitting taking this medicine. She said you know we just got back in Freeport, got this new dose and said they've come up with another side effect now and she said I've been noticing it already. She said my hair has been coming out in chunks uh, while I've been brushing it and, and, and she said that is a side effect that you can lose your hair and she said I'm just not going to do it. She said I've prayed. I don't believe God wants me to lose my hair and she said I'm not taking this medicine anymore. God's going to heal me I said babe I believe it with you she didn't even go fill that prescription she filed that prescription we went back six months later the they came in after the test and they said wow these tests say no rheumatoid They said, here's, here's your, the, the, the medicine's working. Here's your next prescription. She said, she thrown had her, thrown her hands up and said, thank you, Jesus. She had praised God there in front of the uh, physician's assistant. And then she took it and said, thank you very much. Walked out, went back home, filed that. Six months later, we went back again. And uh, the same thing, no rheumatoid. She threw her hands up, praised God. She received the, the, the uh, prescription, took it home, filed it. And then six months later, we go back uh, And the same thing, they come in, no rheumatoid. She throws her hands up and praises God. And they hand her the prescription. She says, wait a minute, I don't need that prescription anymore. They said, oh, you must. Said, it's working. Uh, Every test, every time has come back. No rheumatoid. She said, what you've got to understand is I haven't taken this medicine in 18 months. She said, I have not filled this prescription in 18 months. She said, God has healed my body. And the physician's assistant, the PA, she got all flustered and she'd wait. I've got to go out and talk to the doctor. I've got to go tell the doctor. And she went out and she came back in and said, oh, the doctor said, we've got to run you through every test that you've ever run through. We've got to put you through everything. And they ran her through all those tests uh, and and they called us and we met the doctor in the hall along with the PA. And the doctor was shaking his head and he said, I don't understand it. Every test says no rheumatoid. And he said, "Your bone density test. Uh, your bone density is stronger now than it has ever been." And she threw her hands up in the air and began to praise God. What I'm preaching to somebody is your words can create your worlds, and I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's time you step out on faith. It's time you believe God. It's time you say, "Hey, today's the beginning, the first day of the rest of my life." And I'm I'm getting ready to praise God every day. And I'm believing God for miracles every day. And after I had gotten better with my crushed heel, well, let me just tell you uh, a scripture we love. One of our favorite scriptures, Isaiah 43:2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And the key word in this passage is through. Keep walking through. Hear me. Hear me. Don't build a house where God says pitch a tent. This has come to pass and I'm going to pass wherever you are right now, keep walking, keep yea. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'm telling you, you got to keep walking when you're in the valley of the shadow. You can't stop, you can't, you've got to keep going through. I love that song. When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way so I am not afraid. Before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley where you won't find me. No, I am not afraid. It's time for somebody in your predicament, in your circumstance, in your situation, in your trial, tribulation, and trouble. It's time for somebody to raise your hands and say, I'm not afraid. He's going to make a way. My words are creating the world in which I live. I got treated. I studied treatments, various places. We flew to Atlanta after I got back on my feet and, and uh, had the treatment and things seemed to go well, but they didn't go as well as we wanted them to and six years later the doctor called me the doctor said Mark said although we've knocked that cancer way down he said uh, we don't feel like we got it all and so we feel that that cancer is still in your body according to the tests and said, we need you now to go to MD Anderson in Houston because that's closer. We need you there every three months. We need you on a cancer watch, and, and we feel like it will show back up. And so three years later, the cancer showed back up, and the, the prognosis was, was not good with, with what they wanted to do. I did not like there were so many terrible side effects with what they wanted to do that I said, how long do I have? And they said, he said, well, he said, he probably, I wouldn't take over 90 days before I'd go ahead and settle on a treatment and get something done. I said, doc, I may see you back here in 90 days, I may not. I'm getting ready to pray and I'm getting ready to study this thing. And I went home and I began to study this on the internet. I talked to doctors in 10 different states and God directed us miraculously, I don't have time to go into that story, to a a doctor though in Texas hooked me up with a, a guy that used to be his colleague at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and in 2014 we went to Mayo, and then we had uh, an abrupt stop. They said, "Wait a minute." Said, uh, "We we see a spot on a lymph node, and we uh, see a spot on your hip bone, and so we've got to biopsy your hip bone, and we've got to biopsy this lymph node uh, to see because we're gonna if if that's cancer, we're gonna have to drop back." and figure out another treatment. And so they did this. They sent me home. It was going to take three days to get the uh, bone biopsy report back. Three days later, the nurse called and said, Hey, everything's good there's no cancer praise God for that they said we still feel like your cancer is encapsulated and that we can get it so I went back I had the treatment and then in 2015 for the very first time in 11 years I heard the words cancer free there is no cancer is anybody hearing me I'm preaching to somebody let me tell you what my verse was during that time. During that time my verse was was Psalm 118 and 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I read that daily. I prayed that daily. I quoted that daily. And then I sung that song that they wrote out of that scripture. I will live. I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me and I am free in Jesus' name. God is fighting for me, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of jesus the enemy's defeated and i will shout it out i'm preaching to somebody it's time to dream again i'm preaching to somebody it's time to believe again it's time to know that god is a miracle worker and he's ready to do a miracle again in your life again in your family again in your situation again in your business I want their musicians to come at this time. Change the way you look at things and the things around you change. Proverbs 15 and 4, A wholesome tongue is the tree of life. Words create worlds. Somebody is going to walk out of here today changed by the power of God through the power of words. And so there's some declarations that I'm going to declare over you that I want you to grab on to and begin to declare them over yourself. Deuteronomy 28 and 13. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. Do you hear that hell? Do you hear that Satan? Do you hear that devil? I, the Lord's going to make me the head and not the tail. I'm declaring that I will be above and not beneath. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is formed against you is going to to prosper, do you hear that, hell? That's my declaration over my family. That's my declaration over my situation. First uh, John four and four: Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Hear me today, hell. Hear me, Satan. Greater is He that's in me than He. Than 413 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Colossians 1 13 Satan you have no power over me I've been delivered from the power of darkness Jeremiah 29:11. God has plans to prosper me and to give is anybody hearing the word today? Ephesians 1 3 and 4, blessed be the God of our Father who has blessed me with all spiritual blessings and has chosen me. Psalm 68, 19, blessed be the Lord who Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 3 and 6. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. Nehemiah 8 and 10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Uh, Philippians uh, 4 and 8. I'm going to only think on the true, the honest, uh, the just, the pure, the lovely, the good report. Uh, Philippians 2:13. God works in me philippians 2 14 and 15 i don't grumble i don't complain because i am a child of god